Okay, man. Good to see everybody. It's always good when the lights come up and there's faces there. You guys, you guys realize that, right? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, this is the week after Easter, right? Jesus has risen. And uh, I just want you to know Jesus is in the game of changing lives today. And he, and he wants to change your life today. So thank you guys so much for coming out to New Life at all of our campuses. I'm making a big shout out to everybody at all of our physical campuses and at our online campus. Thank you so much for joining us here at New Life. Uh, look, we're in week two of our current teaching series called Win the Day. Uh, if you were here for Easter, Easter we kicked off the new series. Kicked it off. It was week one of Win the Day. And we all talked about how the fact that Jesus won the day so that you can win today. All right? And that was really Easter. And we talked about how to flip the script, how to change the narrative, how to take, you know, what's going on and flip it and go, okay, God, but I'm going to let you work it for your good. And it was, a, it was a great service. God moved in fantastic ways. By the way, Easter at New Life was a record-breaking Easter. We've never had that many people walk through our doors since the infancy, since the beginning of our church back in the 1950s. More people walked through the doors this past Easter than ever before. And I want to say thank you for inviting people. Yeah. Thank you for inviting people. And if you're one of those people that walked through our doors last week and you're back again Man, thank you so much for being here for week two. Today, I'm going to talk about the second of seven habits, daily habits that can lower your stress, by the way, but they're going to increase your effectiveness in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. And the second habit is just simply entitled this, kiss the wave. Kiss the wave. Now, I get it. Like you're, you're thinking to yourself, what in the world? What does it mean to kiss the wave? Well, before we get into that, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open up to 1 Peter chapter 4. That's where I'm going to land today, starting in verse 12. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. I want you to find that in your Bible. Hang on to it. If you've got the YouVersion app, then you're going to want to click those three little dots that are going to take you to more information and click on events, and then if you're near one of our physical campuses, uh, you'll be able to click on New Life Church, and you can get the sermon notes. They're on there for you. So 1 Peter chapter 4 is where we're going to land today. But kiss the wave. Here, here's where the whole statement comes from. There was, a, there was a, a, a preacher back in the mid to late 1800s called Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was over in England, and uh, he was preaching, and he said this statement. He goes, I learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Charles Spurgeon, he, uh, in his lifetime, he, uh, he preached over, they believe, somewhere in the neighborhood of over 10 million people. Guys, this is before the internet, all right? That's a lot of preaching. It's a lot of sermon writing. And he made a great Great investment uh, in the kingdom of God. But he had some struggles. He had some waves that were coming his way. He, we know that he struggled with depression. Uh, he worked himself to the bone. One missionary came to him one day, uh, David Livingston, and he said to him, uh, like, Charles, how in the world do you work so much? It's like you produce the amount of work that two men produce. And he looked at him and he said, sir, you have forgotten that we, we each of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, are two men. 
And Jesus was one of those kind of guys, right? He worked hard. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't one of those pastors that was slacking off. I mean, this guy gave it all, but he struggled with depression. The other thing he struggled with was his wife. His wife had become sick at the age of 33. So sick that she was really unable to attend hardly any of his sermons. And then Charles died at age 58. He experienced some serious waves in life. He experienced some troubles. Like Jesus said in John 16, here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows. Here on earth you'll experience the waves, the waves of life. The waves of life are the attacks that come your way, right? Social media or with friends and getting stabbed in the back. Tragedies that happen in life. The unfortunate, you know, loss of life. The disappointments. The diseases that come. The conflicts. The financial losses. The job losses. The, all of those types of things. These are the waves of life. Charles Spurgeon had come to understand that God is the one who uses these things to drive us towards the rock of ages, meaning to drive us towards God. And that these trials, these struggles, these obstacles, right, these things that, these things that bring pain to our life, that God uses those to draw us close to him. And, and the person that embraces God the person that embraces the wave and says, okay, I'm going to let that thing drive me to God is the person that's changed. Because it's amazing to me how two people can experience the exact same thing in two radically different ways. Right? One person, one person owns the pain of the wave, while another person's owned by the pain of the wave. One person becomes better because of the struggles and the strife and the waves of life while the other person becomes bitter. And the difference is the person who's learned to kiss the wave that allows them to be brought close to the rock of ages. It's the person that's embraced it. It's the person that's saying, God, I don't like this. This isn't what I would prefer, but I'm gonna allow it to shape me into the man or into the woman that you want me to be. And so it's the person that embraces it, that kisses it, that goes, it hurts but God, what is it that you're trying to do in me that's trying to bring out the best that you designed in me? I think many times we've forgotten, we've forgotten that um, the word testimony starts with the word test. We've forgotten that to get, have a testimony, you have to go through the test. You have to pass the test to actually have a testimony. And though as we pass these tests, our testimony keeps growing and it keeps increasing and to a point where your testimony is actually helping you now overcome the next obstacle, the next wave. And it's not just for you, but it's also this, that as we pass the tests of life and the, tes the testimony grows, then God uses you to help others overcome their obstacles, their pain, their struggles, the waves that come against them. This is what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 about it. He says, look... He comforts us, meaning God, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort who? Others. When we are troubled, we're able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. This is part of getting the testimony. 
passing the test, embracing the wave, kissing it, going, God, I'm going to let this drive me towards you instead of fighting against it and just trying to man up and overcome whatever is coming your way. The waves of pain and struggle and strife in this life, that's just a part of being alive. And nobody gets to escape it. Nobody does. Everyone will experience waves. Everyone's going to experience waves. If you spend enough time at the ocean, you're going to experience all kinds of waves. You'll experience small waves. You'll experience large waves. You'll experience rogue waves. Has anybody ever experienced, like, not just a rogue wave, I'm not talking about the big ones that they talk about at sea. It's that moment where you're just like, you're, you're standing there, you're in waist-deep water, and you're at the ocean, and you're just kind of hanging out and talking and maybe, you know, jumping around, you know, throwing the kids in the waves, whatever you do at the, at the ocean. I don't know what you do. Right? And then all of a sudden, that wave comes, and it's just like, boom, it hits you. And you're like, where did that come? I thought we were, we were standing in waist-deep water. And that rogue wave comes, and it nails you. Uh, if you spend enough time, you may even experience a tsunami. That is devastating. It's the same thing in life, though. The longer you are in this journey called life, the more waves of life you're going to experience. Which leads us now to our passage in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, I want to start in verse 12. He says this, dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery trials. Don't be surprised by the waves you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised by it. It's not strange. But we think it is. We actually get surprised when waves of pain and trouble come knocking at our door. Like, what in the world? Where did this come from? What did I do to deserve this? We get totally surprised by it. One of the things, if you stick around ministry long enough, you start hearing this reoccurring statement from people over and over and over again when they're caught in a wave of life that they never saw coming. They always say things like this, like, I never thought it would happen to me. I never thought it would happen to me. I just thought those kind of things always happen to other people. I never thought that it would happen to me. And we get these unrealistic expectations that somehow, some way, I'm going to live on this earth, this earth full of pain, strife, and struggle, and, and somehow I'm going to be able to avoid it all. I'm smart enough. I'm good enough. I'm educated enough. I live in the right part of town. I got these unrealistic expectations. It won't happen to me, right? It would never happen to me. I would never have financial struggles. I would never get addicted. I would never experience depression. I'll never even have marital troubles. I'll never have marital troubles. You guys remember when you were going through premarital counseling, right, and thinking to yourself that this is just going to be amazing. It's going to be an incredible journey. How, how can things get any better than this right here? Right? I mean, I used to meet with couples and do a lot of marital uh, counseling one-on-one. -on -one. We do things a little bit differently now. But I, I still remember sitting down with them and talking to them about the pitfalls of life and the things they're going to you know, come up against and trying to help them see how their temperaments and their personalities and their experiences in life and maybe the backgrounds they come from are going to maybe create these moments where you're going to want to watch out for these. Like, try to watch out for this. Like, what are we going to do about that? Right? And 
we try to like, like almost kind of look into the future and say, look, you're going to run into some of these things. How can I best prepare you? And couples, as we talked about pitfalls and we talked about struggles and we talk about these difficult things and pain that's going to come, many times these young couples would sit there and look at you like, you don't know what you're talking about. It could never happen to us. I mean, look at us. We've got this perfect relationship right now. And and their expectation is being set that way because they're blinded by love as if for the last six months they've been staring into the sun and they can't see anything else. That's kind of where it is. That's where people are at. And you get to that wedding day. And man, the, the bride for like the last week has been, you know, sheltered away someplace, getting ready for this amazing day. And she's going to look... She's going to look like different than she's ever looked before. And she's got the perfect dress. They've researched it. They've found it. They, they brought it in, fabric straight from Italy, sewn together in Portugal, right? Sent to Alaska for some reason. I don't know why. And then brought down. I mean, it's just like a one-off. And it's a perfect dress. And, you know, she's been manicured and pedicured, waxed all over, plucked. Plucking has happened all over. Blemishes have been covered, right? Perfect tan, spray on, I don't know, but a perfect tan. Weight loss has happened. The haircut is perfect. A brand new hairstyle has been brought. New perfume has been purchased, right? And it smells amazing. And her teeth are whiter than ever, right? And all the other things. Basically what I'm trying to say is the bride's never going to look any better than that moment right there. And the young man is standing in the front, and he's seeing his bride come down the aisle. And then she stands next to him, and he stares at her, and he says this to himself. This is what she's going to look like every day. (laughs) And the expectations, they're just not right. You can see why trouble's coming. Pain's coming. Struggles are going to come, right? Because we have our expectations wrong. That's a mountaintop moment, though. We should maximize those moments. Those are mountaintop moments, but we don't get to live on the wedding day. We don't just get to parade around like, you know, it's our wedding day all the time. It's like we got to go live life, and life often gets lived in the valley. That's what I love about Psalms 23. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley... I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. That's where life often gets lived, walking in the valley where the waves tend to come. When you walk through those valleys, you're going to get hit by waves. And this tends to be what happens when we're living life in the valley, just doing the norm, and the waves keep coming. We get more focused on getting out of the wave than we get focused on getting something out of the wave. We want to just get out of it. Trust me. I'm a human being. I I get it. We just want to get out of it. But God's more interested in, in are you going to get out of the wave what he has for you? Instead of just trying to escape it, instead of just trying to run from it, we kiss the wave and we say, God, this brings pain to me. But would you show me yourself in the midst of this? This this struggle seems like it's more than I can bear. But we kiss it and we say, God, you're faithful and you're good. Will you show me how this 
is supposed to change me. Would you change something in me through this? May we gain something when the waves of life come and they hit us hard. See, sometimes God's going to deliver you from the wave. I've experienced it. Many of you have experienced it. But more often than not, God's not going to deliver you from the wave. God's going to deliver you through the wave. That's the way that God tends to work, delivering you through the wave. So what should we do? We should hold on tight to the rock of ages. We should hold on tight to God as we go through the wave because that wave's gonna toss you around all over the place. It's gonna bring you to a place where your spiritual equilibrium might even be in question. But you need to, you need to remember in the midst of all of that that you're not being targeted by God. You're not being targeted in this world. You don't have a target on your back like you're just meant to experience all the struggles that this world has to offer. But at the same time, don't consider it strange that you're caught in the wave. Back to our passage, right? Don't consider it strange that you're caught in the wave. It is a part of life. So kiss it. Go, God, I know you'll be faithful. But you show me who you are in the midst of it. Because I got good news for you. Waves, they're not going to last forever. The waves of this life, they're not going to last forever. I know that when you're deep in the midst of it, when, when you're stuck in the storm and it's raging all around and it's been like a Nebraska week like we've had where the winds blow so hard you don't even want to go out of your house, right? And it feels like it's never going to end, but I got good news for you. One day, that wave's going to end. No earthly wave or struggle gets to last forever. None of them do. And just like Jesus one day when he was on the boats and his disciples, with his disciples, and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee and a large storm came up, Jesus will say to that wave, he said to that wave, be still, be silent, and Jesus will one day say to all the waves that you and me are facing and all the struggles of this world, and one day Jesus will say to all the waves of this earthly world brought on by hell itself and brought on by you know, the life that we live on this earth with the pain that happens because we're sinful people and people hurt people, that one day Jesus will say to all those waves, silence, be still. He did it once, he'll do it again. In Mark chapter 4 is with the account of Jesus calming the storm. And I think there's some things that we can glean from that. It says this in verse 35. As evening came, Jesus says to his disciples, read these next words with me. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Stop. Instantaneously, they've got a mission. I don't want you to forget that in the midst of reading this, because there's some things that I think God really wants to show us from this simple encounter of what we're focused on here about kissing the wave, trusting God. So here's what happened. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. And it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with a head on a cushion. The disciples woke him and shouted, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Listen to that. Don't you care that we're going to drown? But when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I just want you to notice here today about the waves of life. Waves start to lose their power when you remember where you're going. 
the disciples forgot where they were going. They lost sight of the fact that Jesus had given them a mission. The mission wasn't, hey guys, let's just go um, uh, this evening, let's just go out for a boat ride. No, there was a mission. The mission was, let's go to the other side of the lake. And many times in our own journey, we forget that we are on a mission. And the mission isn't to live on this earth. The mission is that one day the other side of the lake will be heaven for all of us. That's why I'm confident that the waves of this life, although they might roar and they might shake us and they might break us down to our knees, this isn't where we live. Our hope isn't here. We're not drowning in the middle of the lake. Jesus has called us to a mission just like he called his disciples. The other side of the lake, they were going to go there because Jesus said it. And the other side of the lake, for those who are faithful, you will be in heaven with him as well. There will, there, that's where you're going. And no earthly waves exist in heaven. You're going to a place where the waves of this life are going to one day come to an end. And that's good news. The other thing that we can see from this passage is this, that waves lose their scariness when you know that Jesus cares about you. When you can keep your eyes on the fact that, God, man, you love me. You care about me. In the midst of whatever pain you're going through, the scariness of those waves, they dissipate. The disciples, they said it this way. Don't you care that we're going to drown? I don't know about you, but man, there's been two times in my life where I wasn't quite sure I was going to actually survive it. Two times, and both of those times have been around water. One time in a river, uh, whitewater rafting in rapids that we should never have been in, and getting pinned to the bottom of that river two or three different times. I actually lost track. Um, I, I didn't actually think I was going to survive that moment. And the other time was getting caught in a riptide in the ocean. And I didn't think I was going to survive that moment either. I'm just telling you right now, if you're ever near a situation where you could physically drown, it gets scary. And these, these disciples, these guys were fishermen. They knew this lake. In the natural, look, they were scared. In the natural, they were looking at this storm and they're going, this is an intense storm. But I, just got, I got news for you. When you focus on the natural, you forget the power of our loving God. They forgot the power of a loving God who was right there with them because they got focused on the natural. And sometimes the storms that are raging around us, these waves that are crashing against us, we know them and we know their outcomes. We know this diagnosis leads to this outcome, death. We know that this struggle leads to very painful moments. In the natural, you can look at the waves of life that come against you and you can almost predict this isn't going to end well. But if your eyes stay focused there, then you'll forget the loving, caring, powerful God who is with you. The one who suffered for you is the one who's going to now suffer with you. So if you're in the storm of life and the waves are battering you, here's what I know. God knows. God cares. And God can see you through. He can see you through it. I mean, listen to what Peter says about the waves of life. Going back to our passage in verse 13, he says it this way. He goes, look, instead, instead, be very glad. Instead of what? Instead of grumbling, instead of complaining, instead of getting scared, instead of running away, instead of forgetting the power of a loving God, instead, when the waves of life come, be very glad. Why? For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering 
so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So instead of freaking out, instead of getting scared, instead of living with fear, what does Peter say? He says this, have a confident gladness. Why in the world can you have this confident gladness It's almost like this joy. How can you have that when the waves of this world seem like they're crushing you? Why? Well, because those waves are making you greater partners with Christ. Meaning your relationship with Christ is getting stronger. Your identity with Christ is growing deeper. Your heart of love and compassion for God is growing. It's intensifying. It's in the midst of the the struggles and the waves and the trials, guys, that drive us to God. The rock of ages. But also waves, they remind us of something very powerful, that one day all of this will come to an end. That although I struggle and I suffer now, one day Jesus says silence to the waves. And one day I'm standing with him in heaven because the waves of earth, and I don't care what they are, none of them exist in heaven. None of them. No matter what you're going through, no matter what seems like it's crushing you, no matter what seems like it's overwhelming you, you or your friends or your family, it doesn't matter what you're going through, no waves make it to heaven. It's, 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 similar, it's just similar to this. It's like, like land stops waves, so does Jesus. Jesus stops waves. Like waves come and they hit the land and bam, they're done. They're over. All of their power, as ferocious as they might seem, These massive waves that surfers ride, they come crashing onto a beach and their day comes to an end. I'm telling you right now, all earthly waves, all earthly struggles are coming to an end. No wave gets to make it to heaven. Let me give you a short list. It's not not a full list, right? But but it's a list. Depression, the wave of depression, it's not going to be there. Sickness won't be there. Hatred won't be there. Old age won't be there. Racial division won't be there. Crimes like murder, rape, stealing, identity theft won't be there. War won't be there. Miscarriage won't be there. Job loss won't be there. Inflation won't be there. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Political parties and elections won't be there. <laughs> this Finally, you're engaged. All right, finally. I was like, where in the list are you going to be engaged? You should be engaged on this one. Weight gain won't be there. Yes. Donuts might not be there either, though, so be careful what we wish for. Divorce won't be there. Suicide won't be there. Teen pregnancy won't be there. Broken bones, broken lives, broken marriages won't be there. Strained muscles, strained finances, strained relationships won't be there. Car troubles won't be there. Rebellious kids won't be there, parents. Spanking, arguing, grounding won't have to be there, parents. Sleepless nights won't be there. Gossip won't be there. Terrorism won't be there. Pandemics won't be there. And masks won't be there either. The waves of this world are not going to last forever. Come on, somebody. Amen? Man. They're not going to last forever. And that's why in our passage, in 1 Peter 4, verse 19, he says these words. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God. Hmm? If you're caught in a wave that pleases God, if you're caught in strife and pain and struggle that's pleasing God, meaning 
it is, it's not a sadistic God, but that it's drawing you to the rock of ages. Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. I'm here to tell you today, you can win the day. You can win the day. And you can win today by kissing the wave. Why? Because God will never fail you. If you're in the wave right now, you're caught in it, and it's, it's just tossing you around, and it's battering you at all sides, at all sides, keep doing what is right in God's eyes. Don't abandon the worst thing that one of those disciples could have do when they were caught in the middle of the lake and the waves were crashing in on them was to bail out of the boat. Certain death happened if they would have bailed out of the boat. You don't bail out of the relationship with God. You don't bail on God. He's in the boat with you. The one who suffered for you is now suffering with you. He is there. Call on his name. Do what is right in God's eyes in the midst of the wave. And the other thing that Peter was telling us, keep trusting your life to God. Keep throwing yourself at the feet of God. Keep throwing yourself at the mercy of God. Keep bringing yourself to prayer. Keep coming back to the rock of ages. Let the, let the wave that's hitting you, kiss it, embrace it, and ride it right into the rock of ages. Keep throwing your life at the feet of God. If you've been drifting from God because of the waves, run back to God. If you've been questioning God because of life's struggles and problems, then surround yourself with people that they love God and surrender yourself. Surrender yourself and begin to trust God again. I would say this, that Peter brings some really good examples, but maybe one of the best examples of what to do when the waves of life are crushing around you is when Peter actually decided, I see Jesus walking on water. I want to go walk on water with him. In Matthew chapter 14, I think this is the best response we can have to this entire message. This is, I'm just going to give you a snapshot of Peter walking on the water. It says this in verse 30, that when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. And he yelled out. He yelled out as he was kissing the actual wave now. He's sunk. He's kissing the wave physically. He yells out, save me, Lord, he shouted. And what does Jesus do? Jesus immediately reached down and he grabbed him. I want you to know today that if you'll kiss the wave, you'll experience Jesus reaching his hand down and grabbing you because you're, you're basically saying this, Lord, save me. Save me from myself. My mind works wicked tricks on me. My self-talk, it destroys me. Save me from myself, Lord. I want to run right now, but I need to run towards you. So when Peter kept his eyes on the waves, he sunk. But when Peter got his eyes on Jesus, he rose above the waves. And today that can happen for all of us. That's, that's God's plan. So you can win today by kissing the wave and embracing the rock of ages. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful that your word is so practical. All of us, either now Next week, or last month, we know that this message is, is authentic and it's real. And it's speaking to where we're really at because we've all gone through these tough, difficult moments. We've all experienced 
the waves battering us and tossing us and our spiritual equilibrium being thrown off. We've all experienced, and if we haven't, we're getting ready to. And Lord, I'm thankful for the power of your word. It just says, Lord, if we're, if we're walking through one of these moments that you're allowing us to walk through, we just keep doing what's right. And we keep throwing our life at the God who will never fail us. And like the disciples, they experienced your power at work that day. We'll experience your power in our lives. Lord, for some that are in the room today, Lord, would you deliver them from the wave? But for many of us today, will you deliver us through the wave? You're faithful to do that. So the day we're going to lift up our voice and we're going to shout to our God. We're going to shout to our Lord and we're going to lift up our voice and we're going to declare that Jesus, you are still God. No matter what I face, you're still God. And one day you will shout to every one of my waves and they will cease. Every one of my struggles and you, they will cease. And they will come to an end. And so we are going to praise you in the midst of the storm today. We're going to praise you in the midst of the waves today. We're choosing to do that because we know that, God, you are good. No matter what we're experiencing here on this earth, you are good. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.